Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest, Oscar from Hammerfall. And now, here's your host, Rob Husfani. I'm back. It's December. It's ridiculous. Welcome to Squared Circle Pit. It is your host, Rob Husfani. Thanks. I almost mispronounced my last name there, but thanks for tuning in as always. Awesome show. We have the guitarist of Hammerfall, Oscar, on the show. And I love interviewing international wrestling fans because it's always so fascinating to me to learn about how they perceive pro wrestling and how they even were able to get to watch pro wrestling. And Oscar has a bunch of great stories from how he discovered wrestling to a lot of great stories from attending WrestleMania 21. He'll go into how he got into it, how he got into the after party, and a bunch of great anecdotes from the party. Now, if you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and and you don't go through the website, I suggest you hit up the website, metalinjection.net slash squared circle pit, and check out the photos we're going to post of Oscar with a lot of the the big names from pro wrestling in 2005. Five or six or whatever WrestleMania 20 was, 21 was in Hollywood. Definitely worth checking out. And uh, so let's get to the interview really quick. And then afterwards, I'm going to give my thoughts on this weekend's pay-per-views, talking about WWE, TLC, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, as well as the Ring of Honor Final Battle pay-per-view. We'll get to all of that after this great conversation with Oscar from Hammerfall. Now entering the squared circle pit, we have the guitarist of Hammerfall. We have Oscar on the line. Oscar, thank you for taking some time to hang out and talk about pro wrestling. Well, thanks for having me. It's not often that I get the chance to to actually talk about wrestling, so I'm I think I'm going to enjoy this. That's why that's why I started this podcast. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You're you're in uh, Gothenburg, uh, Sweden. Or... Yes, yes, yeah. I am. I'm. A... Now. Uh, I'm always I always love talking to and hearing about international pro wrestling fans because I'm curious like how do you watch pro wrestling in Sweden? Uh, well, it's the network, the the WWE network. That's ah. basically what you have to to watch. Uh, there is I, I I don't know exactly when the last time it was on television in Sweden, but years and years and years ago. Uh, I, I think. Probably 90s, you know, and that was WCW, by the way. Oh, so, but before the WWE Network, a few years ago, how would you watch wrestling? Just online? Uh, well, I, I, to be honest, I've, I have uh, not watched it that much uh, for a couple of years. Now I started watching again, but got back uh, into it. I see. yeah, I got back into it. But around, uh, it was a time of, of Eugene, actually. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the things that I, I didn't really like very much about the mm-hmm. what they were doing uh what and that was not the only reason of course but there, there was many other stuff um yeah I mean, that, that, was, that was like you know. when triple h was the top guy and just beating everybody that was definitely a not a not a high period for for wrestling so a good a yeah. good time to check out for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's i guess so uh, but I, I what i wish is that i would have gotten back into it earlier uh, i wish i would have been there for the cm punk eras for example that would have been fun as hell to watch yeah, yeah, uh, that was definitely, uh, I agree, that was certainly a highlight. So, let's start from the beginning. How did you get into pro wrestling? What how, what was your first exposure to it? This was, I 
think 1991. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, obviously, my first exposure was in the 80s, where you know the, I didn't know anything about it, uh, but I, I just you know I knew it existed. A friend of mine, or my brother, actually had a, a an old NWA tape from 85 or whatever, but I didn't really know any. I mean, that's all I I knew it was, mm-hmm. that it was something, but I didn't follow it or anything. But then um, in 91, I, I I think it was uh, Tuesday in Texas, uh, so it would have been. Maybe November or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was of, right after Survivor one. Series. Yep. Was... Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. So that I, I, I the, it was on television at my my then girlfriend's house. Uh, they had Sky Channel, you know, the British uh, TV channel. That's what it was on back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Swedish channel. Uh, so only I just happened on it, and Undertaker was on. Of course, you know, I, I was really interested and hooked right away. Uh, it took a couple of months. I started realizing this was like a weekly thing, and and you know I I didn't know anything about the, the like the the schedule or the business or anything at all back then. So once I found out what you know this is something they have these pay per views and you know the big shows and whatever, I started getting into it. And from that moment, basically, I was I was hooked. This this was what I wanted to do. I, I think if somebody told me back then, uh, during the middle of the nineties, late nineties. Do you have a a, a a job in wrestling? Not not as a wrestler, obviously, because I, I could never do what they do. But <laughs> you know, just anything connected to, to wrestling. I, yeah, yeah, I, I would have taken it like this, you know, without a, out a second uh, second thought. I, I I was this was my absolute passion. I had wrestling and metal were my two passions, and then metal became my job. But wrestling was my my passion for many many years after that as well. So, which, uh, so came yes. first, which came first for you, wrestling or metal? Oh, uh, metal. I mean, this. Uh, I'm. I started listening to metal in the early '80s. So, okay. uh, you so know. You're, you're, you're a, so, so you were a serious metalhead by the time you saw the Undertaker, and then perhaps yes. because the Undertaker was so metal. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I'm, I'm sure that's what it was. You know, if, if I, I was, uh, let's see, 19 at that time, uh, I was playing in, in a death metal band. Uh, I, I, you know, that, that my whole, my whole world was very ag- aggressive metal, you know, that, that's, uh, that's basically what I was playing. Uh, so he fit right in with, with that dead man gimmick thing. Uh, right. I, I was in- instantly. So you were saying you were watching it weekly. So it was on, in the early nineties, it was on every week. And the paper uh, accessible well, in Sweden? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, the, the there was the only thing because Sky Channel, you know, these this is satellite channels. They come and go, and back then it was not at all what it is right now. So I don't know if, if they had Sky Channel anymore, or for maybe a year or something. Yeah, but I, believe, I, I believe they're still on Sky. I believe like oh, the, they still are. All right. Yeah, okay. the the, uh, the weekly shows are on Sky. On like okay, Sky so Sports so maybe. Maybe what it was was that uh, we didn't get that channel anymore. I think that's I what it was. So uh, I, I found uh, because there was on German channels back then uh, as well. Ah. Uh, so, so that's where I started watching it, and it was basically just superstars. You know, it was yeah. it, it, you know the show superstars. Right. Uh, that, that's basically what we have. But I, I I recorded that show every week for I think three years or something like that. <laughs> on a VHS tape. So every month I had one new VHS tape, basically. Oh, I see. Uh, which, do you still have those which tapes? I, of course I do. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> but it's, it's all in German, so it, it's, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't give you the same 
uh, of course, it's, it's for you know, a trip down memory lane. It's fun because that's how I watched it back then. But right, right. but it's, it's you want to have the real commentators and stuff. That's you know, that's, that's yeah. the best. And and actually, WWF was on Swedish television for a really short period of time. Maybe, uh, maybe, and I don't think even a year. Uh, they they had uh, because I know they were at SummerSlam in '92 in London. When they went there, those two commentators, and, and uh, so they it was on one of those. Uh, it was on a, a pay channel for for movies back then. Uh, called TV Thousand. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But anyway, uh, and they they were on for a little while. They stopped, and then they were on. Uh, they they moved actually in the same uh, under the same umbrella, but a different channel. Uh, and they started airing uh, WCW instead because you had. The, do you remember Frank Anderson, the Swedish re- uh, like amateur wrestler? No, I don't actually. Um, this is the well, WCW he, wrestler. He, well, yeah, he was. In the 70s, late 70s, he was uh, uh, one of the best in the entire world. Uh, so he's really famous in Sweden, you know, just for, for as a sportsman. I see. Uh, and then uh, in the early 90s, he wanted to try wrestling, uh, professional wrestling. So he signed with WCW. And I, I suspect that the matches and, and the programs and the stuff that they got on, on, on this channel here in Sweden uh, was set up so that he would be uh, like he was the focal point, so right. we didn't really get to see any of the you know, big stuff. Sometimes like Clash of the Champions and stuff like that, they yeah. they air stuff. But but you know, it wasn't wasn't much more than that. That's actually. so funny that you say that. Like I just looked up a photo of him. I have no recollection of Frank Anderson, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, I watched WCW all throughout the nineties. So that's so funny how they yeah. edited a different version <laughs> for Europe. So would you yeah, say- he was never in any in any matches at all. I mean, th- I don't think he faced any top opponents at right, all, right. basically. So would you say it was always a bit of a challenge to kind of find wrestling? Like now, <laughs> obviously, with the network, it's not as much. But before, it was like yes. you take what you can get in Europe. A bit of a challenge. A bit of a challenge is actually an understatement. It mm-hmm. was hard as hell to find stuff that, to watch. So basically, what I did was read a lot. I mean, this was also before internet. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I used to buy the WWF magazine. Mm-hmm. I still have those as well every uh, for like four or five years, maybe. Uh, that was my way. And also wrestling, uh, inside wrestling, that, you know, those. Um, yeah, the, the after mags. After, exactly. Uh, I, at that point, I mean, I, I wasn't 100% sure because it was so early for me. I mean, you guys grew up with it, with this stuff. For yeah. me, it was just something I discovered at, uh, when I was almost 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I wasn't—I wanted so bad to believe it was real. So a part of me <laughs> thought, "Okay, I, I, I know th- you know this doesn't really happen." But but you know, this this phrase "suspend your disbelief" fits so well for me. I, I, it was so easy to do it because that's that made wrestling so much more fun. If I if some small part of me thought it might be real, you know, even if I knew. But, but then I started to get into these. Uh, uh, the, the British magazine called Power Slam. Uh, I guess this would have, would have been late nineties. Right? Oh, mid nineties. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, yeah, heard, I've heard so. of Power Slam. A lot of a lot of British wrestling fans always talk about yeah. it. Yeah, it, this was fantastic. They open up a lot a, a lot of eyes. I mean, they open up my eyes a lot for to like what, what was behind the the. the right, the, right. They talked about the, the inside stuff, like what was exactly. happening, like why this person won, why this person left for another exactly. company, and that's yeah, what yeah, you, so the and stuff I, that you never. 
Right. Uh, sorry? Yeah, well, the stuff saying... that you never found out, you know, the, yeah. the, like he was fired and they never talk about him again. But then reading but these magazines, you understood what happened, really. So it's that funny. was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny you say that. Like, I was just talking to somebody at a party who did the whole like, oh, well, don't you know, it's fake. You know, that whole, <laughs> that whole stupid thing, like, like yeah. movies aren't fake, you know, like, you know, like a yeah, superhero movie yeah. is supposed to be real. Uh, <laughs> but it's funny that they say that because I'm always like, yeah, I know the because it's predetermined because it's choreographed. That's what makes it good. That's what makes it exciting because half the fun for a wrestling fan, I feel, is the behind the scenes politics of, of why this mm -hmm. person won like, oh, this this ending doesn't make sense. You know, like, why did why did the show end this way? And then you find out the real reason. And so it's almost as if the behind the scenes is kind of what makes the the stuff watchable. Yeah, I, I see what you mean, actually. I, 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 I agree to, to a certain extent. It, it, it's definitely much more fun to watch the things if you know the backstory right. as well, and not just what, what they, you know, the, the on-screen story. I mean, that, and that's, to be honest, so, sometimes it is hard to get into the on-screen stories now. I don't know if, I'm, obviously I changed. I mean, I'm 20 years or, uh, older now. Mm -hmm. uh, so obviously my perception of things and the way I, I, I react to things is different now than it was 20 years ago but it, it still feels uh, like it's it's a little bit bland and I guess it's this PG thing you know the, the, the it's supposed to be a violent sport but only violent up to a certain point and then it's it's uh, it can't be more violent than than you know you can't hit each other in the head with the chair shots and you can't show blood and all that stuff well, but uh, and, but the reason you can't hit each other with the chair, though, is yeah, because it's yeah, been found yeah, to get permanent brain damage. So it's probably right, been, right. And I don't <laughs> the blood I, I could see. Like I get what you're saying, but uh, the chair shot. I think yeah. I think it's honestly right. uncomfortable for me to watch old footage where people get hit in the head with the chair. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it was it was not the best best example, but but that, I know what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, so, so what I meant is, I really I got got into that whole ECW era thing mm -hmm. and the attitude I mean the pre attitude the, the era before attitude that led to the WWE right, right. attitude thing uh, I was very into to that as well and that was through tape trading so it's it's funny that you have this experience I'm assuming with tape trading from the 80s right with, with metal mm -hmm. and then oh, yeah, that, yeah. now yeah. it becomes tape trading with ECW <laughs> tapes and that's so funny that you say that because I also tape traded in the mid and early 90s when I was getting into ECW because I, I got into it and nobody in my area knew what it was because it was only on at three in the morning. So you <laughs> really have to either stay up or, or you yeah. know, set your VCR. And it was the best wrestling at the yeah. time. <laughs> it was so much better than WWF and WCW. And I don't know. What, if, what era what uh, area was this you said? I, oh, I where in, was this? I live in New York. Uh, oh right, okay. Yeah. So I mean, pretty big market, but like ECW didn't they didn't really do any marketing. You know, it was very word of mouth, and this was mm -hmm. like slightly before like the internet was around, but it wasn't as you know that big. So I just the way I found it, I was just channel flipping one day, right? And, and I saw Raven, and, mm -hmm. and Raven uh, used to be Johnny Polo. And I'm like, well, that's Johnny Polo, but he looks much cooler now. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he looked really, really uncool in in WWF. Yeah, that's, that's and then he looks like this kind of like grunge metalhead. Yeah, and I'm like, well, this is awesome. And yeah, and then I saw Sabu, and I was hooked. I have to yeah. Sabu. I was yeah, like, that's... well, that's it. I have to watch this every week. 
Yeah, Samu was a, a really good at uh, at getting people because you, he was like, you, you once once you watched him once, he was doing things that nobody else was doing at that time in in, in at least in the U.S. So he yeah. he, he just he, it was unbelievable. He could do anything. It, he could do the violent stuff, the hardcore stuff. Yeah. He could do you know cruiserweight yeah. stuff like high flying. You know, nobody was doing triple jump moonsaults before. <laughs> no, that's that's true. <laughs> but he he was. I was just thinking about that because I, I with the network is so cool. You can go back and watch uh, different stuff. And yeah. I, I mean, they don't have the early ECW. They actually, those sort of. No, they have every episode now of the show. Oh, they do. Yeah, they like this year. Like they just added. Oh, wow. so you can go watch. Week to week. <laughs> wow, that's cool. I didn't know that actually because I thought the, the the early ECW was the property of uh, what's the RF Video, and that's no, 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 no. They bought the entire library. RF Video have oh, their wow. own. RF Video taped their own tapes when they were there, but ECW like ECW uh, okay. has their footage and RF Video has their footage. But I see. So every uh, episode is on there, and I, I've kind of, what I've been doing is like when I have nothing to watch, I started in nineteen ninety five and just going week to week <laughs> watching the yeah. show, and it's such a trip. It's some of it is still like a lot of it. I feel holds up because it's so good, it's so entertaining and exciting. Yeah, uh, it, that's what I liked about that time. I mean that era, and we were to get back to what we were talking sure, about before. Sure. It, you know, it, because I I like the believability of everything. The the I mean, forget the heart, the chair shots to the head, but but everything was more stiff than, and I guess that's difficult on the bodies for the wrestlers and everything. But just as a spectator, mm-hmm. it's easier to get into this when you have MMA that you know what 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 it look what a submission hold looks like. So, you know what happens if you get one clean shot uh, on the jaw or or you know behind the ear or whatever. Right. Th- then people go down, and then. Uh, that's what I what I, what I was getting at uh, with uh, the, the today's. Yeah, no, I told yes, So what you're saying is right. you don't like the more cartoonish aspects of things, which is kind of going back to what you're saying with why you checked out when Eugene was a wrestler. Yeah. It was just it was so silly, and it wasn't about <laughs> like the wrestling that you enjoy is wrestling that simulates an actual fight. Is well, what you're trying that, to say. Not necessarily. I mean, yeah, yes, that is what I'm trying to say. But it's not that's you know cut and dry as that either. Right. I mean, okay. I, I can definitely enjoy a, a fun match or a fun angle or whatever, and and it doesn't have to be believable all the time. It's just overall. <laughs> uh, overall, sometimes it gets to well. Actually, I don't know if it's the believability. It's the the everybody's so streamlined nowadays, and that's uh, hard. There's nobody that really stands out. You know, mm-hmm. when I tried to get back into wrestling again, and this was maybe, I don't know, three, four years ago maybe. I don't know exactly when it was. but what I was, just, Do you, you remember know, what I, was happening? Like, what were the first? The no, first not, not really. Uh, I, I just remember I saw a list of the names, uh, mm-hmm. because I always watched the Royal Rumble every year, even uh-huh. if I didn't follow wrestling. And then there was these lists of names, and I've never heard of them before, and they were almost the same. I mean, they didn't sound the same, but it was like, uh, <laughs> you know, you had Heath Slater and Dolph Ziggler, and it was just a list of names that, for me, just blended together. Uh, I know their personalities are different, but it, it's, it was that was one of the diff- difficult parts for me to get into everything because it was so – nobody really stood out, or very few people stood out in the way that they used to do. So that I guess is a cartoon aspect. It's a good, good thing, you know. That everybody has a, a proper gimmick, even though, even though they were, uh, you know, garbage men and clowns <laughs> and stuff. 
Well, we could, we could do without Duke the Dumpster Josie for sure. Yeah, I guess we could. Uh, but so what, what I'm curious then is, have you watched any wrestling from Japan? Because that is very, very stiff, very yeah. snug. They're like really hitting each other. Yeah, I, I actually have a little bit. Not not so much now, but uh, I used to watch. Uh, that was basically for the the wow the um, wow factor, I guess. You know, the F and old F and FMW tapes. Mm. Uh, oh, so the more the more ultra violent stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, actually, that was one of the things I remember. Uh, it's uh, Atsushi Onita. Uh, Onita, of course, the legendary <laughs> Onita. Yeah, he had some sort of um, scythe or something, some shit like that he was using on people. And I, I knew he was, by, back then, by that time, I, I was sure, I, I knew that he was not for real. I knew that they weren't trying to actually hurt each other. But it's Onita still, was. It, <laughs> he, he, he fooled me, I, I could say. You know, I, I, I think mean, it was I really, really, yeah, Onita was crazy. I fell for it. <laughs> I mean, Onita, I remember a friend of mine brought a tape over that he got from Japan on eBay yeah. about like the craziest matches, uh, about, you know, the craziest matches ever. And most of them were with Onita, and they were like exploding <laughs> cage matches, which for those of you who've never seen it, basically it's a 15 minute match. And at the end of the match, it doesn't matter if the match is over or not, the entire ring explodes. Yeah, you have to get the so, hell out of the ring. Like that's it's so that. crazy. Then they, were, I, I saw they had one exploding swimming pool match once. Yeah, with the, with <laughs> was, piranhas, it, right? Like, an, it, like there was a shot of tank with piranhas that you were throwing people. It was just it's insane. It's it just crazy. crazy stuff. I mean, and 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 I I didn't watch a lot of that either. I, I, right, I right. Read you can only take so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, that was one of the reasons I. I, I stopped watching wrestling, not just because I didn't uh, care for the product. It was not like I, I thought they sucked, but my, things in my life, it, 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 it demanded too much of my time, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had been following MMA as well, par- parallel to that, for for well, since the mid-90s as well, actually, since 96, I think. And once, uh, I guess this was around 2007 or 8, uh, yeah, it would fit, because 2007 was the first time that the UFC came to to uh, um, to Europe again for you know they, they have been gone for many years, and I went to that show and from that point on, I, I was much more an MMA fan than a wrestling fan and that's why I basically you know I, there was only so much hours a, a week that I can devote devote to anything like that you know, mm-hmm. um, so basically that's what it was uh, for me and then was it's like I had to watch six hours every week plus pay per views and stuff and. If you sat there and felt, uh, I don't know if I, you know, I I can do something better right now, and that's why I fell fell out of love with it a little bit. Uh, but the funny thing is, all those years I still watched the Royal Rumble and I still watched most WrestleManias because it, it was just, uh, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I you it's in my blood. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's in my blood. You know, if even if I've never been in the ring, I still am passionate about it. So, so are you watching really... now? Are you are you trying to follow it a little? Yeah. Bit? Yeah, now I'm watching. Uh, I'm watching the big shows because you can't you can't watch the Raw and SmackDown on uh, uh, on TV here mm-hmm. because it's it's not available. And and I I've gotten so used to over the years just reading about Raw and SmackDown. I, I, that's all I've ever done basically, uh, except and then, when so, we. So do you like read and then like if there's something cool you'll look up a video of it or? Yeah, that happens. Yes, but yeah. mostly just read uh, read about it. So uh, I. I I was a subscriber to the Pro Wrestling Torch for for several years, mm-hmm. uh, for a while. Uh, quite, and that, that was a great uh, great source. Because then I, even if it took 
took a week for me to get, you know, get the, the actual newsletter. It, I still got all the results and everything from from there. So I, I you know, I could yeah. keep up what was going on. Yeah, I, I love. I, I subscribed to the Pro Wrestling Torch in the in the two thousands, and now I subscribe to the Wrestling Observer. Yeah, well, I just did as well now for the first time through the Observer. I just tried it because they had this Black Friday deal, mm-hmm. and I figured, okay, why not? I mean, I I I, uh, I follow Meltzer on Twitter, and I, so uh, yeah. he, he's always talking about stuff, and I and I felt like, okay, I'll I'll give it a shot. I, I want to get more into it, uh, a yeah. little bit deep. I like it a lot more than the torch. It's much more in depth with the news and like his his reviews are interesting. Yeah, uh, and they have really good uh, podcasts every week, so it's definitely cool. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's I haven't tried those yet. Actually, uh, it's it's been because I I listened to that other podcast with Lance Storm and Cyrus, and I think this is so entertaining. Oh <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, they just started that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what I'm. Every time I, I get a you know a free time or me in my car or driving or whatever, I always listen to <laughs> to those podcasts because it's it, it's they're so much so fun to this banter that they have. They they don't banter with each other actually so much, but it's just it, I, I just found that very entertaining. And they talk about an era where I was actually a big fan of wrestling as well. So whatever what they're talking about, it it I I know what they're talking about. You know. So that was, I'm yeah. guessing you mean like the Attitude Era was your favorite. What was yes. your favorite era? Yeah, the, uh, I mean, yeah, Attitude. It has and to be. And who were your uh, guys? Who were your guys? Who, who were you rooting for? Um, I, I generally uh, at The Rock, of course. Uh, he was uh, was my favorite uh, above all uh, The Rock and the Undertaker. But generally, I just like to watch you know the, the 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 entertaining the good matches and the entertaining angles those what i it doesn't it didn't really matter back then everybody was so over anyway it didn't mm-hmm. really matter it didn't really matter uh who was in the angle or or you know of course it did in the end but 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 uh, but i, I appreciate everything yeah. yeah yeah so yeah, what yeah, angles exactly. what angles stand out for you as like great memories of being like so entertained or shocked <laughs> uh well, I, I like the uh, when Undertaker crucified somebody. It was I don't know, it was it Stone Cold or something? It was uh, Stephanie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, that whole angle was in the retrospect was really well done. I the thought. The Ministry uh, of Darkness. Yeah, yeah. And then and then Vince McMahon was revealed to be the higher power. Yeah. How did you feel about that when he was? Like, um, it was me, Austin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that 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 was maybe. Uh, a little bit too much. I thought that was. Uh, <laughs> That's when I jumped the shark. I agree. Yeah, it didn't make sense. <laughs> no, it didn't really. Not with everything that's been going on before that. But, but uh, I, I went. To, my first wrestling show ever was in uh, uh, 1998. I, I went to a Nitro uh, in Orlando, I think it was, or something, or, or well, Florida anyway. Oh, we that's were. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we just finished a tour with with the band Death, and uh, we had a couple of days before the the flight was home for some reason. So. Uh, we went to um, to a nitro taping, uh, and it was just unbelievable fun. <laughs> I Do you thought remember it was... what happened at the show? Like which which? Show? I, actually, I I rewatched it on the network uh, just uh, maybe six months ago or something. Um, and I think it was that that show where when uh, Ric Flair had a heart attack in the ring. Oh wow! Okay. That. Uh, and uh, uh, but but I was not so much into WCW. It was. Basically, uh, uh, in Sweden, there was never a competition because you couldn't see any of them on television mm-hmm. anyway. But but I still always, I mean, I I got into it with with WWF, so that was where my my uh, 
my, my interest was, in the minority yeah. life. So, so it was a bit of a, I mean, I read about it, but I always rooted for WWF, if you know what yeah, I mean. Same here. I agree. Uh, but like looking back now, I really, I do miss WCW a lot because there was a lot of yes. stuff that they did that WWF didn't really do. And it was cool to watch at the time. And there were a bunch of cool wrestlers. And yes. I, I definitely recommend going back and watching old WCW from like 91 to 93 because it was some of the best wrestling around still holds up. Like, oh, yeah, with, with when Vader was on top. When Vader, yeah. with Vader, the yeah. Steiner brothers, when they were in their peak. Yeah. Like there was one event, I, I think it was a Great American Bash where it was the Steiner brothers versus Lex Luger and Sting. And it was one of yeah. the coolest match. It was such a hard-hitting, stiff, athletic match. And it was, yeah. I, I just like that WCW always treated at least before before nwo <laughs> they they treated wrestling as more of a sport than entertainment whereas wwe is more entertainment than sport yeah that was the distinction back then i guess mm -hmm. maybe unofficial but still yeah but but uh, they also had some uh, not so i don't know this was not during the nwo era i think but uh, this uh, do you remember that the the um ch uh, electric chair match oh of course yes that was terrible uh, but uh, uh, it was in uh, every and you remember uh, when the the, the 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 that was the worst. I mean, they, okay, you have an electric chair match and and somebody's going to get electrocuted and blah, all that stuff. But then you can't even make like one of those the switches when you actually turn on the the the, right, the chair. Right, production off. fucked up. <laughs> yeah, you can't even make a switch that stays up in the on. <laughs> I was just—it's laughable now. And I, this one, I—I I looked up and and watched and just because you know to get to get a laugh out of it because it's so ridiculous. Uh, and then when they actually, I said, Abdullah the Butcher ends up in the in the chair. I think when they actually get him in the chair finally at the end, uh, it's just—it's you, you don't really believe that he's getting electrocuted. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it was one of the low points, uh, uh, but but like you said, there were there were a lot of great re like uh, wrestling matches back then as well. Um, but the, the, uh, when I then uh, when I saw um, the WWF for the first time uh, was that was one of the greatest things. We went to uh, we, were, we were actually recording in Nashville for for a couple of about eight weeks I think or something, mm -hmm. and at the end of this, I, I was so lucky that. WWF came to Nashville Coliseum or whatever the hell he called the arena uh, and and nobody liked wrestling but I got uh, Joachim the singer to go with me I actually paid for his ticket just to have some company but but he he had a good time and that was also uh, a show with The Rock obviously so I got to see him uh, do his thing and, and and I was just blown away by everything that night that was that was one of the highlights until uh, I I went I, I got I was Actually, backstage at WrestleMania 21 in Hollywood. Oh in, wow! Uh, How did that happen? Uh, because I know Mickey D. You know the drummer from. Oh yes, well, well, from he, But uh, uh, and uh, he knew. Yeah, I don't think he knew anybody that was a wrestling fan in Sweden, except for me. So mm -hmm. when when they were gonna play this uh, the, the Triple H uh, song, uh, his intro song live at at the WrestleMania thing, he called me and said, "Oh, you should come over." And at first I was like, yeah, there's nothing I'd rather do. I mean, I, I would give my left arm for this, you know. Mm -hmm. But I can't just go to L.A. for, for, for three days. It's impossible. And then he just said, typical Mickey, like, why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, I had I no good answer. So, so I said, okay, I'm going to ask my friend if he wants to come as well uh, because I don't want to do all this by myself. Uh, and I'll, I'll call you back in, in a little while. 
And my friend was a, 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 almost as big of a wrestling fan as me. It was just throughout the whole 90s and, and 2000, it was just him and me. We, I, I didn't know anybody else that liked wrestling, and we watched every pay-per-view together almost. Uh, almost every pay-per-view together. He came over to my house uh, whenever I got it from tape trading or from one of the guys at the German uh, record label that we had used to send me uh, stuff because he had a setup at home, a satellite thing, so he could record the pay-per-views with the actual commentary, like the 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 you know, mm-hmm. JR and uh, and uh, Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Uh, so that so, so we used to watch those two together, and he, he was ecstatic. So we flew over and did this whole thing that, where we you know we were treated as as members of the the band Entourage, whatever. So we we got this dressing room where 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 they were. We got to hang out, and and uh, this was a dressing room close to the other dressing rooms basically like you don't know how it is when those uh, those stadium things uh, just a, a long line of, of things and I, it was so surreal for me being such a big fan for 15 years almost and you know seeing all these people that uh, the first person that we saw and, and not even that we we got to drive with um, with with uh, with motorhead in their limousine to get you know drive into the arena underneath uh uh, in the parking garage underneath and whatever. Right. And yeah. The, yeah, that was cool in itself. Just yeah, unbelievable. And and then the first person we actually see coming out of the limo is Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I thought, <laughs> okay, I, shoot me now. It can't get any better than this. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But it did. It did get better. Uh, we spent a whole day around there, watched the the, show, the the matches on the backstage monitors together with Stone Cold, by the way. One of the matches, it was I didn't talk so to him. So you got there ever. early. Did you see like any rehearsals or, or any, any, uh, any pre-show preparations? I, I think there was some, uh, and we got out, went out to watch the, the. I think people were in the ring, just you know, talking through some matches. But but I was too mm-hmm. buzzed, you know, by by energy uh, to 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 understand anything what was going right, on and right. to. It was just so many impressions in one day, uh, and th- this whole event. I, I thought, like I said, I didn't think it could get any better than this, uh, and we we. Uh, uh, we're not allowed to go to the after party because you know that was only for 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 the wrestlers and, and the band and stuff. And mm-hmm. so okay, fine, it just it is, it's fine. I understand this. So we went home to our hotel and and we were like I said, we were walking on clouds. This was the best day, you know, the best weekend that we ever had in our whole lives. And then my, uh, Mickey called me and said, uh, they changed their minds. You're allowed to come if you want. And now the the this is you know the 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 part where. This this was for me for 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 me at that point in time, uh, this was like the teenage Oscar getting to go backstage at a festival <laughs> with with you know Judas Priest and Accept and Iron Maiden and, right, and right. Uh, you know Wasp and every Twisted Sister all my favorite bands were there. That was exactly what this was because it was in in Hollywood uh, in in I mean in Los Angeles. Uh, there was a lot of people who weren't actually on the show were there, mm-hmm. uh, and so and of course. We got to take pictures with all of them, uh, even the Undertaker at the end. I pestered him all night, and he always said and he had an excuse that, uh, oh, I, I, I have to go talk to my wife or you know, whatever. He didn't want to do it, of course. Mm-hmm. But, but since you know, since I, like I told you, he was like the reason I got into it, and he was my favorite for so many years. Uh, and and luckily, we ended up at the you know when you get to a coast at the end of the, sh- the night because we didn't leave until they closed the place. You know? <laughs> And it was the same with him and a few others. So then I, so a last chance. Okay, I just want to say I'm sorry to bother you again, like because he probably recognized me. Like, 
I'm such a big fan. I don't, you know, that whole thing. And you were the reason I got into And then he was in a better mood. So I got to take my picture with The Undertaker. And I, I got to say, I've never felt smaller in my whole life than I did at that moment. <laughs> He's such a big man. I'm pretty tall. You know, I was taller than most of the other guys, the, the, the wrestlers there. How tall but are you? I, uh, six, let's see, was six three or six three point oh, something? Okay. Yeah, yeah, pretty tall. Yeah. So yeah, so, and I I know from the pictures like Edge and and uh, Randy Orton and those they they all look really tall on on uh, on television. Yeah. But they're not as tall in real life. I, I had I, that I had that same experience too. I'm six five. I'm really? A, I'm a really tall guy, and uh, I always assumed that I would just be like an average guy. Yeah. Uh, in wrestling like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be like one of the uh, I wouldn't look like a giant or whatever but no. I've I've had the I've been lucky enough to have the opportunity to interview some wrestlers at press events and I'm always taller than them like like for example The Miz or even Brock Lesnar who is one of the most intimidating people like I'm, I'm taller than him and it was yeah. so it was so wild to be like Granted, though, yeah. he is much wider than me and much yeah. scarier. So I'm not I'm not trying to say anything at all about that. But it, it, it was certainly a surprise. So at this party, who yeah. else who else was partying until the very end? What other wrestlers did you did oh, you recognize? Uh, back then, I was really drunk <laughs> because <laughs> I was drunk on happiness and, and on Bud Lights. But it was just I, I, I don't really remember who was there. I think uh, was, was his name uh, Orlando Bloom. Jordan. Oh, I mean, Orlando Jordan. Orlando Bloom is there. Yeah, <laughs> he was there. He, he, uh, he I didn't know this, but he apparently he was gay. Uh, and, I believe he's bisexual. Yeah. Oh, uh, by okay, yeah. So and, and I I think he tried to to pick up my friend actually. Oh. <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, my friend is is a lot shorter. He's kind of t small actually to be for, for like, uh, he's, I don't know, maybe, he's, you know, five, eight or something. He's, mm. he's really short. Um, and so, uh, we were just walking outside waiting for a cab. I think we were. And I think he, uh, what happened was, and I was just drunk. So I, uh, Orlando, uh, just asked what's happening. Uh, you know, where are you guys going somewhere? So I, I don't know. I'm just probably going back to the hotel. Uh, and so and he, he, we got the feeling that he wanted to come and it's like, yeah, yeah, let's have a party. And I said, because I was oblivious to what was going on. And my friend, obviously he's not bisexual or gay, you know, he's got a wife and stuff. <laughs> he was like a bit uncomfortable with this whole thing. So he, he told me in Swedish, like, shut the fuck up now. We're leaving, you know? <laughs> uh, so, so that didn't happen for Orlando. Uh, I mean, he, he was really nice, but but uh, that was, you know, if you're not gay, you're not gay, I guess that's what it is. Right, of course. Uh, were you able, did you spot Vince McMahon at all? Uh, did you uh, no, anywhere? I didn't. But but I did say, uh, I mean, we were in Motorhead's dressing room in the afternoon, uh, and that was, uh, Triple H came in after all bloody and with the belt, uh, or maybe he lost the belt. Yeah, he lost to Batista. But he came in afterwards with, with blood on his face and, and just it, it, I shook his hand and stuff. And that was really cool. I mean, we talked about him being on top and all that stuff, but he's, I, I think he gets he got a lot more, a lot uh uh, of negativity from from people mm -hmm. that were uh, you know like us maybe who, or like me that didn't understand better back then mm -hmm. uh, but because what he's done it, it's I, I think he, he without him Vince McMahon would have been uh, in a much worse position than he is today I, I think yeah for anyway sure. but well so yeah I just got, got lost but Vince was never there but uh, I got to, to meet Ric Flair and Chris Jericho oh. of course wow what was my like medical to meet Ric Flair for that 
uh, I just said hi and, and took a picture. That's basically what it was. But mm-hmm. uh, but I have a picture with myself, Steve Austin, and Ric Flair in it. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, yes. Well, I can't remember now. Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I took so many pictures that that day. Uh, but I think it was with. Um, uh, no, no, sorry. A picture with Ric Flair and a picture with Stone Cold and Chris Jericho. That's what it was. I see. And The Rock, of course. That was, that was great because I, I really wanted to get a picture with him. And uh, he was busy as always. He, he was also just there visiting because he had, had uh, left for Hollywood back then. So I think he, because he was in L.A., that's why he was there, I think, mm-hmm. at the after party. Uh, and uh, because I would met Chris a couple of nights before at the Motorhead show that they did uh, where Fozzie opened up. Uh, uh, so we were talking when, when The Rock came over. And, and uh, he basically, uh, The Rock said, okay, I got to go, guys, blah, blah. And then Chris went over to him and said, okay, this is my friend Oscar. He really would like a picture with you. So he just did one quick one with me, and then he took off. And and that was so so nice of Chris to do that. I will never forget that yeah, <laughs> because, yeah, of, right. because yes. of The Rock. You know? uh, he was such, uh, such a, uh, an entertaining character and then one of my favorites, like I said. So I really you, enjoyed have, that. Have you run into Chris at all um, with his band Fozzie while touring or at any festivals? Uh, not on festivals or touring, but uh, we went to uh, the, you know Nam, the music fair in. Oh in, yes, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah I, I, the, I met him and uh, and Rich there uh, once or twice. I can't remember. And that was when he was singing uh, on stage with with Striper the, the same evening, I think, or the oh, next evening, right. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, so, but yeah, yeah. Sorry. So just to wrap things up a little bit, uh, uh, you said you watched the big shows. Did you happen to see Survivor Series? Yes, I did. I did. What did you think of uh, Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar? <laughs> um, very surprising. I, I, I had for once managed to stay out of the, you know, the the predictions and all that stuff, and also the spoilers because I watched it the next day, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I was blown away. Uh, it was, but, but I had read about, you know, how how over Goldberg was at that time, and I watched all his interviews and stuff, and, and the interaction that they had on on Raw before. Uh, and I, I, this, this is, this is electrifying. This is really, really good. So, I, where, when I, I didn't understand how they would do this, but I, I also realized if they do this, this is not going to be the end. Of course, you know, there's right. going to be something more. Uh, so uh, after when I, when I got time to digest it, uh, and I also I read afterwards online a little bit uh, why they did it, and then I totally understand why. And it, it was a really good, uh, good angle now that they have going. Uh, and, and Royal Rumble has never looked more interesting than, than it, it already does. And it's only two participants, and uh, as far as I know, two participants that are, are announced for it. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it should be a very fun show. Uh, and I'm curious to see where they go with it. And I was very shocked at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shocking was, uh, was a great word for it because it was so unexpected, right, this, mm-hmm. what happened. Uh, and it, just uh, last thing uh, uh, for, for me, uh, or sure. not last thing, but I, I want a little bit, a little fun fact. I used to have a wrestling fan scene when I was younger in oh, really? uh, Swedish. I did. Uh, like I, I told you before, it was not at, at all available, uh, or uh, wrestling has been very, uh, uh, well, I, I wouldn't say it, it's non existent virtually in Sweden. Uh, it has been for, for many years, especially in the early 90s. Uh, when, when they had it on television, it was just for kids and no no sane grown-up, you know, paid any attention to this. That's basically the attitude among everybody else, except for those few who, who liked it. But I started a wrestling magazine in Swedish, and, and I wrote about, you know, my 
my angles, my take on everything, and the news. I got some news from Power Slam and, and from from the torch or whatever, you know, it's stuff like yeah. that. So he came out, you know, three times, four times a year. I don't remember, but I did have subscribers after <laughs> after a while, which was interesting. And they oh, they great. talked about the, the magazine, the fan scene on on television. That was kind of cool because they were moving to a different time slot. So he said, uh, if you want, I can show you know show your magazine and, and show your address in the in the on the screen and everything so he did and that was really cool so that helped a lot i mean I, you know i didn't never made any money off of it of course but it was fun to have i think at one point i had maybe 200 uh, copies sold or 150 200 something like that i had over 100 subscribers anyway mm-hmm. which was big for, for you know 100 people in, in sweden that liked wrestling i didn't know there was 100 people that liked wrestling in sweden <laughs> so uh, it was it was very unusual that's very cool. Yeah, uh, I also had a, a wrestling before I started a metal site. I, yeah. I had a wrestling site as well, and that's kind of wrestling is what got me into metal. Uh, I've said, oh yeah, I'm a little younger, and uh, what really got me into it was uh, a few things, but mostly what got me into rock was see, hearing uh, Diamond Dallas Page's theme song. I don't know if you remember, but he came out to like a fake version of Nirvana, "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Oh, okay. I don't remember this. Uh, and so <laughs> then I was like, oh, I should check out Nirvana. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and then around the same time, Sting started coming out to Metallica, Seek and Destroy. And, uh-huh. uh, and then I was like, oh, I should, check, I should really get into Metallica. And so that's kind of how it happened for me. Yeah, uh, that's good. I mean, th- that's probably kind of unusual, though, to go go that way, don't you think? To, to like uh, <laughs> get into rock music through the wrestlers' entrances. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I guess it could be. I don't. <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah, wait, it's, it's cool. How it happened. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Cool, man. Well, Oscar, thank you so much for taking some time uh, uh, to hang out with me here uh, on the. No problem at all. Man. It was my pleasure. What an awesome guy, and it was great to, to hear the, his passion and, and just how he would watch wrestling and how, thanks to the WWE Network, it's allowing all of these international wrestling fans to keep up with the show where they otherwise would not be able to. It's Rob, and I want to remind you, if you enjoy the show, I'd love to hear your feedback. Please tweet us at Squared Circle Pit, no E in circle, or my personal Twitter is at Rob Injection, also Facebook.com slash squared circle pit this past weekend was huge for pro wrestling two big events i'm going to start off with ring of honor's final battle event it's their last pay-per-view of the year and it's almost kind of become like their biggest pay-per-view of the year it's where all the big angles conclude and i watched the show on saturday afternoon and i loved it i had to you know i didn't have all the time in the world so i kind of plowed through some of the matches I, was, I wasn't as interested in, but it seemed like a great show from start to finish. It was hard to have to choose to what to fast forward to because I, I was on a limited schedule, but I highly recommend going out of your way and trying to find the three-way dance for the television title, which was Marty Skrull versus Dragon Lee versus Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay right now is perhaps one of the best guys on uh, the indie scene, always entertaining matches. Him and Ricochet both are in a league of their own, and, and it's so cool to have Will in Ring of Honor now regularly appearing, and these three absolutely tore the house down. Will Ospreay did this leaping shooting star press onto the outside, which was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. 
And immediately following that match was the Young Bucks versus the Briscoes. And the Young Bucks, I feel, are a pretty controversial team. You know, Jim Cornette is not a big fan of theirs. They get a lot of heat, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of drama about how they don't really sell, which, you know, make the moves look as painful as they should. But they put on a ridiculous app, app. Like, the match looked like a video game match. It didn't seem like a real match. Ended up with a flurry of super kicks, and that was really cool. And then I don't know how the main event topped it, but it was a great main event. It was Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, and they did a hardcore match. And I'm not really too crazy about hardcore, but the way they used thumbtacks was pretty inventive. That's all I'll say. Definitely at least go out of your way to see the last three matches of the show, but the whole show was worth seeing. As for tables, ladders, and chairs, the gimmick definitely helped the pay-per-view be one worth watching. The main event was absolutely excellent. AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose had a great match. AJ Styles just cannot have a bad match. It's physically impossible for him to do so. Also, I can't believe Dolph Ziggler and The Miz, of all people, had a great match. Two pay-per-views in a row where they had good matches. And I'm, I'm shocked, genuinely. And that was a great match, and I love the ending of that. And overall, it was, there were no really weak matches on the show. It was a good card. I'm, I'm curious about Roadblock. I'm interested in the main event. I hope Kevin Owens retains. I don't know how he's going to do it with this Chris Jericho feud that they're starting. And uh, obviously, I think Seth Rollins is going to win his match against Jericho. Or maybe Jericho wins, and then uh, Owens and Jericho have a feud. Lots of ways they can go with that. It, it's getting pretty intriguing and also I want to talk about the angle with the uh, certified G's Enzo and Big Cass and Rusev and Lana Lana base it was very it was kind of a a weird angle where this past weekend Lana convinced Enzo to come back to her room to help cheer her up after her fight with Rusev which was all just a ruse for Rusev to beat up Enzo. It's like, geez, Lana, you're into some kinky shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for the Squared Circle Pit. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I'm going to try to have another new episode two weeks. Keep the trend going. And like I said, you could always tweet me at Squared Circle Pit, at Rob Injection, Facebook.com, so I swear it's circle pit. The match of the week is definitely Marty Skrull versus Will Ospreay versus Dragon Lee from ROH uh, Final Battle. Definitely seek it out, and I'll see you on the other side.